Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. Like I saw Kalea last night or this weekend, but she was just, God, the Holy Spirit just has a way of confirming. And uh, it's like you, you want that confirmation to know that you're in that place, that you're in that right place where God will have you to be to speak unto his people because I don't stand here and take it lightly. It's all unto the glory and honor of God for I, I am reminded that I always say that I take nothing for myself. And I do thank God that it is well with my soul. And I think that's what wells up in you. You know, it just, you just Thank God that it's well with your soul. That you got a seat at the table. That you got eternal life. So I'm just thankful. And more than that, I'm thankful that I am a kept woman. Let us go before the throne of grace and mercy. But before we go there, I just want to say... To my sisters, I thank God that they're here. I don't know what it was this morning that was in my spirit. Don't get me wrong. I love you all. You are my church family. But it's nothing like having your family come out and support you. And I know we don't we don't just run around and talk about how much we love each other. But this day. I can tell my sisters that I love them. And I thank you, Blanche and Vera, for being here because it was just something this morning that I just needed my sisters here. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for a prayer answered. And I thank the ministers that uh, support me. And I thank Pastor David, Sister Ann, for their love because we all know that there was a time that I wasn't lovable but it's well because when Jesus came and saved me I knew what love is I knew what love was all about before that I didn't know I didn't have an understanding of what it is but I know that song, you know, it's song uh, that I never knew love like this. And I just never knew love like this. So God, I just thank you. So if you will, just let us go before the throne of grace and mercy. Lord God, I just come before you. Truly a sinner all defiled. But I thank you that you can take this stain of guilt away and own me as your child. And Lord God, I pray that this message, Lord God, will have that power, that changing power, that healing power, 
As you had laid it on my heart, Lord God, I pray I convey it by the power of your Holy Spirit, how you want it conveyed. For I have studied to show myself approved, Lord God, a workman that need not be ashamed, that, Lord God, I am willing and ready to divide the word of truth. So, Lord God, I take a back seat to you, that you, Lord God, and you alone may be glorified. Open our hearts and our ears, Lord God, to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. I just need a few ladies to say that I'm a kept woman. But as I start to look at, look at the, uh, the, the theme of the message, uh, it, it, it came upon me when one debates upon the attributes of someone who is kept, negative thoughts sometimes come to mind. The usual interpretation of a woman who professes to be kept is a woman who, a woman of questionable morals, a woman who would be observed in an unflattering manner, most of which cannot be repeated in mixed company. However, that is the world's version of a kept woman. But who says that we have to define everything by the world's standards? There is another kept woman who is entirely different, has an entirely different character, the bride of Christ. Not in a worldly use of the phrase, but kept willingly, unconditionally, by love himself. Love himself sustains her, for indeed that is what it means to be kept by him, to be sustained, to be nurtured, to be protected, guarded, and cherished. Love himself refuses to let her go because there is no storm, there is no flood, no fire, no pain, no anguish through which the bride can pass which she is not held by the bridegroom's loving embrace. Now I ask you something, who else would want to be kept by someone like that? For the Bible says, when the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves those that are crushed in spirit. So that tells us the Lord is not only your deliverer, he is your strength. And throughout this psalm, David is writing to proclaim the fact that he is always good. Through these verses, he is saying that the Lord hears you at all times. There is nothing too big, no, nothing too small for him to take care of. The fact is that he wants to take care of us. Not only that, he wants to propel you into a more abundant life with him and deliver you from the thing that is keeping you down. Because there is beauty in your midst. There was a time in my life that I built myself around distractions within ministry, professionally and personally. The same lie that was buried in the back of my mind that I am not enough. And I would compare myself to people around me believing that I needed to earn a seat at the table. Not just in acceptance, but in achievement. And bearing that lie deep within me, I, I did the only thing that seemed appealing at the time. I went to God. And the thing that I love about God, he wasn't intimidated by my insecurities nor my doubts. 
He wasn't on the outskirts of my life. He, he was just as deep in my mess as I was, walking me through the process and believing what he says over me, not what anybody else says. And I was transformed by the idea that our intentional loving creator knew me not just in the pit, but also in his platform. 2 Timothy 1.12 reads, Yet there is no cause for shame because I know whom I have believed and I am convinced that he is able to guard that which I have entrusted unto him until that day. And that, ladies, lets us know that, that no matter your circumstances, God has empowered you through the Holy Spirit to trust him as your deliverer and your sustainer. He, wants you, we, he just wants us to get real with him. He wants you to be open about the raw parts of you, the ones that you want to hide behind a mask. And as you continue to go to him, he will, he will listen to you. He will speak to you. Because God listens. The psalm says that, you know, it's, it's one thing to have your prayer heard, but it's another thing to have it attended to. That's why Psalm 66, 19 says, but truly God has listened. He has attended to the voice of your prayer. I thank you, Lord, that I can be bare and broken. Because with that bare and brokenness, there comes change. In the Bible, it does contain great role models for, you know, as examples to provide for us as women. But what greater example is you? You are that great example that God is looking for this morning. So if you have your Bibles, we're, we're coming, our text is coming from 1 Samuel, the first ta- uh, chapter from selected, uh, selected verses. And as you can tell from the reading of the scripture, you can tell that Hannah experienced everything. She experienced depression. She, she experienced doubt. She, she experienced uh, disappointments. She, she experienced family abuse. There was nothing that Hannah didn't go through. And Hannah, she was married to a man by the, elder, by the name of Elkanah who had two wives, and the other, the other wife's name was Penina. But, but Penina had children, and Hannah, she had none. She was barren. But every year, Penina would, run, uh, would ruin the family's trip to Shiloh because <laughs> she was always picking at Hannah. She was always provoking her. She would always mock her and make fun of her because she couldn't have any children. And this happened day after day, year after year. Hannah was tested and taunted, mocked and ridiculed. She called herself a person of misery. She was deeply troubled, and, but, she, but she poured out her soul unto God. In other words, you, we have to know that Hannah was a believer with a problem. And in this morning, you may be carrying a heavy burden, or you may be feeling beaten down, you may be feeling beaten down or, or, or by some long-standing problem that just won't seem to go away. You have a friend in Hannah. 
But we can look at this kept woman and see how she persevered, to see how she went through. The, po- the first point is this. Just as some solutions are due to God's direct inter- in- interventions, so are some of his problems. In verse 5 and 6, in case you missed it, the phrases come back to the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, God, he was the one who closed Hannah's womb. So not all our problems are a result of poor choices or or, or the intent of others. Sometimes we got to realize God is up to something. He's up to something. He's trying to move us. Because Psalm 1971 says, It is good for me that I was afflicted so that I might learn your laws or your decrees. And most of us would find that to be a hard saying to, to comprehend. It was good that I was afflicted. But I can stand here and tell you that it was good that I was afflicted. Because being diagnosed with breast cancer... It sent me to the word of God. It helped me. The word of God is what sustained me. And I tell people it's a testimony because I I, I went in. I I went in better. I went in better for it. Because God took me to a place. There, There were things that God had to break out of me. He had to break some things in me. And none of us want to be gracefully broken. Not one of us. Because in that brokenness is pain. Because none of us really want the true, to see the true self. They, we really don't want to see ourselves. We like the mess. We like the mess that I got it all together. I'm in a good place. I don't hurt nobody. But that ain't all it is. There's more. There's always more with God. But God wants to get you in that place. But God ain't going to force you. He ain't going to force you. What God needs from you, many of you already know. Many of you already know. But it's up to you to willingly come before him. And say, Lord, I can't do this no more. Somebody ought to go on and say, listen, God, I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of going in circles. I need a change. And you can declare, it's good that I was afflicted. That I may learn your laws because you're going to run to the Bible. You're going to run to the Bible. And the part that I like about it even more was I could run to a sister. I could run to a sister who understood. And when that sister didn't understand, I didn't even have to worry about it because I had a God who did. Yeah, I could cry. Because, I yes, I wanted to go home to the Lord with both my breasts. Might as well be honest. I wanted to go home with the Lord, you know, with my hair. (laughs) But those are things that are temporal. I had to get past those temporal things. And I had to press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Jesus Christ. And some of us need to press this morning. Because what we're really doing is we're doing a disservice to God. We're doing a disservice to God when we don't take on what God would have us to do. There are so many gifts in this house. I thank God for how he's moving the women's ministry. I thank God for that. I really do. But there is more. There is more. Because the thing that I love about it is Hannah's condition went only for herself. 
Hannah was supposed to reach back. And she grabbed somebody else. That's why Hannah was praying for that child. She didn't realize it at the time because when she kept going to Shiloh, she had different motives than that. But when God broke her down, I'm not going to even worry about these notes, Holy Spirit, I thank you. When Hannah kept pressing, she kept pressing. Even though she was being taunted, even though the trick of the enemy was trying to keep her down, Hannah kept pressing. And how ill is it for us that we, Hannah had to walk the church. I'm just going to be honest, Shiloh is, uh, is that form of worship that Israel used. We can drive the church. And you let one sister say something that is not what you want to hear, you want to go out of this church. And you don't want to be healed. You don't even want to come back. We better than that. We are better than that. Yeah, words hurt. But Hannah was a kept woman. Hannah didn't let that stop her. She kept coming to the house of God. She didn't let her turn her around. She kept coming. And that's what we got to do. We got to keep coming. Everybody don't look like us. And that's a good thing. All the great words don't come out of everybody's mouth. But you think Hannah worried about that? Hannah kept right on going. We got to get to be that Tuskegee Christian. And then, you know, the, the scripture says, listen, if you're going to be friendly, you got to show yourself to be friendly. I got hangups. I got issues. But all I see are yours. <laughs> Hannah ain't got time for that. A kept woman don't have time for that. She got to keep moving. I'm trying to get to a place. That's all Hannah said. I'm trying to get to a place. I got a mission. I got something I got to do. I got to get to a place. All this other stuff, it don't even, it ain't even, it's null and void. It ain't important. Because the thing about it is that a lot of us have got to die to ourselves. We got to die to who we are. That's why Paul said, I die to myself daily. Paul didn't take one day to die to himself, to his flesh. He said, I got to do it daily. And Lord knows we need to die to ourselves daily. And I'm one of them. I'm not standing here saying that I got it all together. But I know what those, those 66 books got in there for me. And I know I can run to those books. I can look to the hills which come as my help. And I know that it comes from the Lord. The creator of all things. The sustainer of everything that's good. We just got to get to a place and not only ladies, I mean, this, this sermon, I believe, is for us all. We just got to get to that place. God wants to change us, and he can change us through our afflictions. I'm a living witness to it. And like I said, Hannah's situation went only for herself. See, Hannah, in, 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 in Israel at that time, they, the judges said they, every man did as he thought. He, he, didn't, he didn't care. If I thought it, I can do it. If I can think it, it's, it's, it's so. <laughs> but Hannah had a bigger mission. See, God needed to birth out something in Hannah. Amen. Amen. And, and we're back on that birthing process. Well, you know, we're sitting in here barren. 
And there's some ministries that God want to birth out of us. But you can't birth out nothing outside of the church. You can't birth out nothing when your mind ain't right and your heart is just despicable. You can't birth that because all you're going to birth out is a seed of evil. And we need a seed of life. Because I'm going to tell you now, I want to get to Canaan. I don't want to be like the Israelites when God just gave up on them. He said, let me get a new generation in here. I don't want to be like that. But Hannah had to give birth to a promise. And you have to do the same thing. That's why it's so imperative. At first, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't thankful like going up to teach the teen girls because I didn't know what I was getting myself into. (laughs) But I love every minute of it. I love every minute of it. (laughs) And uh, the thing that I love about it is, is that we can be real with one another. We got 30 minutes of table talk, and then we got 30 minutes of class. But they get so happy in it, they want to take the whole hour. I think uh, Jordan was saying, Miss Benita, it's just amazing that I'm just telling you everything. But I want to know everything. And, and you know, I, like I tell them, listen, I'm not saying you're going to get it today, but I'm planting a seed in you because I know you're going to get it. I got great expectations that you're going to get it. Because I believe when Zaria leaves and goes off to college, there's something implanted in her. See, she know how to act. And then I'm, I told her, I'm like that, that, that person tapping you on the shoulder. You know you shouldn't be doing that. You know you, know you need to get off the phone. And, it's, and the thing about it that's so profound in the teen class, I'm just saying, listen, after 11 o'clock, your immune system drop. It's something about getting tired after 11. I don't care who you are. You can be talking to the sweetest guy, but somebody going to go off to the left. And before you know it, because your immune system down, you're going right along with him. So I'm like, hang up the phone. If you can't get it done from 7.30 to maybe 9, then it don't need to be said. And, it's, and the thing that's so proud, profound, she came right back and said the same thing I did. You're right, I do be tired. I do need to get off the phone. Because I'm trying to tell her my bid now. There were times when I was on the phone past that appointed hour. And before I know it, I'm in the car. Where you say you live? I'm out here. Listen, I'm just trying to be real. Young ladies, you need to know that. You need to know that. We have been there and we have done that. I'm talking about us older saints. We didn't just wake up in Christ. We woke up in some beds we weren't supposed to be in without a certificate on the stand. We done did it before. I know I have, and I'm going to be honest with you, but I thank God that he saved me. Because there were places I shouldn't have been. There were things I put in my system that shouldn't have been there. But the grace kept me. But our young ladies, they need to know this. Sex before marriage ain't nothing to play with. There's a stick of dynamite ready to go off. All Satan wants you to do is light it. That's all he wants you to do. That's all right, Brandon. It's real. 
Because God needs to birth some things in this church. Pastor Dave has just talked about it, I think, two weeks ago, if not last week, that there are young people that need to be trained up in the ways of the Lord. And if you're trying to dibble and dabble and, and be that unapproachable Christian, how are we going to teach anybody? That ain't a Titus woman, not in my Bible. Not in my Bible. It, don't, it, don't, it, it doesn't say that. We have to pour into our young people. Because that's where that fruitfulness comes in. That's where those promises are being birthed. Listen, I don't care what nobody says. I know that God has a holy remnant of young people that he is raising up. That he is raising up for these times, these perilous times that we'll be living in. He's raising up prophets. He's raising up evangelists. I believe that. And, and that's not going to stop me from praying for it to happen. And that's what Hannah was. She was consistent in prayer. She prayed without ceasing. No matter what. See, that's the thing that's so profound about Hannah, to know she's a kept woman. All the circumstances and situations Hannah had, she put them on the back burner. Once she got her mind right, once she got her motives right, Hannah started to pray for that child to be used by God. And that's what we got to do in our homes. We got to train up our children in the way that they should go. So they won't depart from the word of truth. They need that because they're not going to always be under you. If John over on the east side of town and you on the north side of town and you don't know what he's doing on the east side of town, where they leave you? You can make a phone call, but we have all know what a phone call can do. You can turn it around. Yeah, I'm over here to Sally's house. When really she's over to Paul's. But we got to be real with our young people. That is not acceptable. You know, I'm not trying to put my teen girls on blast, but, you know, there's like, why my mama got to know this? Why my daddy got to know that? Because they love you and they want the best for you. You may see it as them towering over you, but that's not the case. They love you. They want to keep you. They want to keep you from the same dangers and pitfalls that they may have gone into. We got to train them up. We got to train them up because it's a better purpose that God has for us. And then I, I noticed something about Hannah. Once she got herself into that place, once she surrendered everything to God, she didn't go in there just sending up a quick prayer. Hannah just was praying. You know, with the, with the, with the snot and the handkerchief on the left side and I need another tissue because it's full. That kind of, <laughs> that kind of praying. Because right then, see, Hannah's gotten to that point of surrender. In that same place that God wants to get us. That's why he says, come to me, all ye who labor and are heavy, heavy burden, and I will give you rest. He says, come to me. And the emphasis there is your problems. He wants you to lay them at his feet. Because the word says that we can cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us. And then in verse 18, it says that she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. And, and there's a chronological order here. It wasn't that her face was no longer downcast, downcast once her prayer was answered. Her face was no longer downcast when she poured her heart out to God. And if you want a keeper, and, and like I said, you are try, you're tired of trying to figure it out. When you already know somewhere deep down inside of you, God has already worked it out. 
If you want to keep and you're, you're tired of the mess and now, and, and, and now are willing to stir up the gift, I challenge you to try God because he's a keeper. He is a keeper if you want to be kept. And this morning I pray that there are some ladies who want to be kept because there is no situation, circumstance, or problem that God can't keep you. There is none. You can be young or old, but you will never see the righteous forsaken. And then I love the fact that God will go back and get your seed. Generationally. Generationally, he will bless you because that's our God. He is a keeper. And, and somebody may ask, where was God when my life seemed to turn upside down? But I'm here to tell you the same place he was when, he was when his son was crucified. When Jesus shouted out, it's finished. His enemies thought it was over. And he had been silenced forever. But he got up. And that's what Hannah did. She got up. And yes, we may fall down. We may struggle. But it has power to get up. Because God ain't going to keep you where you are. If you desire to get up. And David wrote, he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He supplies every one of my needs. That means it's not a percentage. It's not a portion of it. He supplies all my needs. Because we are kept, we can triumph over tragedy. Because we are kept, we are not victims, we are victorious. Kept so that we can sing with the multitude how I got over. My soul looks back and wonder how I got over. To be kept will allow you to rejoice and say the same words. But I, I'm standing here. Because God kept me. Because it was because of his grace and his mercy. God kept me. And the thing that I love about Emmanuel, he said, and he wouldn't let go. He wouldn't let go. God is a keeper. Everything that you are going through has been nailed to the cross. And God has buried it. It is no more. And that's why you can shout, it is well with my soul. Because I know that I am a kept woman. And I know who's keeping me. And if you will stand to your feet and give God the praise, the honor and the glory that is due his holy and righteous name. Because there is no God like our God. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.